because this is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. Raza, Raza. This is for the Raza. This is Reform Raza. In. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside my brothers. On his left side, this is Justin. And on my right, I got. What up, everybody? It's Pastor Vico. Amen, amen. Gracias for tuning in. This is Reform Raza. Don't forget to hit us up. <laughs> ReformRaza at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. Like us mm. on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, leave us a voice message now on the Anchor app or on Apple Podcasts. Is that if that's where you're listening to, you can scroll down to the bottom of the descriptions, hit that button, and send us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to be podcast famous, leave us a voicemail, and we'll pre- we'll play your voice. Yeah, we'll so, play your voicemail live. Yeah, amen. All right. This is Reform Raza. This is a podcast where we don't do seasons and we just keep the ball rolling. As long as we after can. Episode, yeah. <laughs> so the hubcaps fall off. Ain't no seasons here. So season we take one. unintentional breaks. Yeah. <laughs> we take random <laughs> breaks here and there, but we always get it in. We always get it in. So what's going down today? Um, we're continuing the ball as far as the, um, the conversation that we've been having. We've been laying a foundation, so to speak, of um, our salvation, right? Yeah. And um, after we have laid this type of foundation, now we're able to go through and answer different questions. So if you've seen the episode title already, then you would know that we're, we are going to be talking today about Can I Lose My Salvation? Yeah, so just like Justin was saying, we didn't want to just ask this question just out there like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that's the right or appropriate question to ask like that without having a foundation, without having a stable knowledge of the basic Christian faith, which what we did, justification by faith, uh, adoption, <clears throat> sanctification. And always, these always go hand in hand with the, together. So we wanted to establish that uh, first before we would ask this question. And so if, if you have, haven't heard those episodes, go back. Even start at the Theology Matters episode because yeah. it's, it's really going along with all these. Just, you know, bringing in uh, to light, you know, real uh, theological questions that must be asked and must be answered in order to get to this point right here. So this is kind of like the, like the, like the, uh, how would I put it? Like the, how it all comes together, how it all comes mm-hmm. together. And so can I lose my salvation? Yeah. You would say, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Victor? I, I'd say, no, you can't. Uh, okay. So uh, I don't know what's going on here, but, um, I thought we established a foundation. I would say no. I would say no, Justin. Why? Because when we start off, first, first of all, first of all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, I want to hear this. I'm okay. okay. Let me, let me, right. let me hear let's, this. Let's get this in. Okay. Let's so, get it in. So um, can you lose your salvation? So go ahead. So Justin disagrees after we've already established <clears throat> justification, adoption, and sanctification and so you could still lose your, I, I I would say you you started off because obviously we're on the side of no and we're gonna back up everything that we say in light of what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But since we we already established these foundations, I want you to tell me 
in light of these, why you can still lose your salvation. Before we get into this episode, I would like to just put a disclaimer. Please listen to the full episode so you can get the full context. <laughs> don't just go ahead and uh, start commenting. So don't label it just an heretic just yet. <laughs> listen to the full episode in its entirety so you can get the context of what we're trying to say. Anyway, back to our program. <laughs> <laughs> back to the, the, yeah. So, um, well, I have seen... I've been in the church um, coming on 10 years now, and I have seen many of people come to faith. They were on fire. They were in the word. Some have even um, discipled me in a way, you know, took me under the wing, show me the word, and they are no longer serving God. And so their faith, from my perspective, was genuine. They were in the word. They prayed. They did all these things, but they are no longer in the faith. And so I see them as an example that they have lost their salvation. Now, I will use a scripture where, um, what's it called? In, I believe it's in 1 Timothy chapter 1, towards the end, around verse 19 or 20. Paul says that um, some of the brothers that, that, we re- that we read about in Acts... Hymenus and Alexander were in the faith with them. They were all doing the, the same work, but it said that they have shit, or Paul says that, that they have shipwrecked their faith. They were believing at one time, but have shipwrecked their faith. So, what do you have to say about that? Let me just say that this is very interesting because you see this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see this a lot. So I want to hear Martin. What's your response to, to Justin's uh, okay comments now, right there? Now this is something that we cannot um, ignore, mm-hmm. or something that we can shy away from, and to because there are texts in the Bible that make it seem like someone was legit, real, born again, but then they fell away and ended up really just walking away completely. Mm-hmm. I would start off by saying that the writers of the epistles, which are Paul and Peter and all these people, they see the, the, the people, but they don't know their heart. So it might look like they started off strong, but then ended up falling away due to uh, just Paul doesn't know <laughs> who really is elect or not. Because I'm coming from a background uh, st- Calvinistic background of predestination and election. So I believe in perseverance of the saints. So I know that uh, the behind the background of one's salvation is the election of God. But that doesn't mean that we know who is and who is not elect. So there are warnings and there are phrases in the Bible where we say, if you endure, if you persevere, if you, if you finish to the end. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't, that means that you lost your salvation. Mm-hmm. What that just means is that the writers, they don't know who is really been born again and who and who has really been born again. So people that fell away, the book of First John puts it like this. They went out from among us so that may be made manifest that they were never of us. So the purpose of them falling away is to show or to prove that they were never really in the faith in the first place. That would be my response right there. Okay. Then, okay. So then how am I 
because right now I believe I have salvation, right? I am, I'm right now currently abiding in Christ. I'm going to church. I have faith. I pray. I read the word of God. But right now, even though I'm presently abiding in Christ, how will I know that won't change in the future? Because I have seen other people, you know, they, they have, you know, I, from my perspective, they were genuine about everything. They were always in the things of God and they too have left. Who's to say I'm not going to leave? My response, my response to that is in light of the doctrines that we talked about, justification, adoption, sanctification, in order for someone to completely lose or forfeit their salvation, they would have to be one, unborn again. Their heart of flesh has to be come back to a heart of stone. So you say they forfeit their salvation? If, if that is true. This is the process that has to take place in order for someone to lose their salvation. This, and now you tell me if in uh-huh. light of the doctrines and in, in, in light of <clears throat> these previous episodes that we've been talking about, that this is possible, that the stony heart, that the heart of flesh will go back to stone. After being declared righteous, we would have to be declared guilty. Once again, mm-hmm. we would have to be abandoned or, or left as orphans. And when it comes to adoption, we would have to be forsaken. Uh, and when it comes to sanctification, we have to be unholy. Mm. So in light of these things, do you think that the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ, was it enough to fully save us or halfway save us to the point where now we got to put our part? And if we don't, that means that all these things had to take place. So what was your question? Can you be unjustified? Can you be unborn again? Can you be uh, abandoned after being adopted? Can you be made unholy or profane after being sanctified? What would what would be the the result? What would be the cause of these things? I, I want to hear a response. <laughs> I want to hear this. Yeah, you know what? I tried doing this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you didn't get what was going on, Justin was trying to play the devil's advocate. <laughs> I was trying to keep up as long as I could, you know, going with this whole... <laughs> that was a curveball, though. You didn't expect that one coming, huh? <laughs> no. Man, okay, I'll, I'll have to say this. We, we were preparing for this episode, and we were talking beforehand. I was like, man, hey, it'd be cool to do this episode, and, and I'll play the part of the person that believes that you can lose the salvation, and Martin, you play the other part. Yeah. The, the, the one that we obviously believe, right? You cannot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, as we were preparing for this episode, I was like, "All right, cool. That shouldn't be that shouldn't be hard." I mean, this was something I used to believe when I became a believer, you know, in the beginning. And so then I started going through the scriptures. I was like, "Dude, there is no, <laughs> there's nothing that backs me up. I don't have any ammo here. I don't have anything. The only thing I have are like very vague scriptures or out of context scriptures." But other than yeah. that, there's nothing really to like back me up as far as we are able to lose salvation. I mean, I mean, we could go to Hebrews six. So and let, let's go through those arguments then. So then let's go to yeah. Hebrews six, chapter, yeah, <laughs> Hebrews six, verse one. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I give you an A for effort. Yeah, I, mean, I tried. I tried. That's why <laughs> I said to continue to listen to episode so you don't <laughs> so you don't believe that I actually believe that. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to bust out Thor's hammer right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> No, but it's true because, I mean, that, that that's why we laid that foundation of justification, adoption, and sanctification. Because really, you cannot lose your salvation when, when it comes to that. Now, now the difference, though, is perspective. 
Yeah. I mentioned earlier, what I mentioned earlier was true. I have seen people come and be genuine about the faith yeah. that they had. But see, that was my own perspective. They ended up leaving the things of God. Now, I don't know the work that was done in their heart. I don't know. But from what I did see is that the fruit wasn't lasting. Mm-hmm. And so then... You know, well, I, I, that that goes back to the parable of the seed and the sower. Says yeah. that they they did have fruit for a moment, but when the trials of life came, they got choked out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't they 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 lasted for a while. They came, became partakers. This, this is important. For what we're going to read right now, they became partakers of the Holy Spirit. They were in the church. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they were saved, that they really were born again. Because it's possible for someone to come into the church and, you know, look like a real genuine Christian and have what appears to be fruit, but then to fall away. Yeah. That, that happens without even being born again. It can, and, be, they can get yeah. caught up in the emotion and the stir of the feelings. Because church is a cool place. You know, when you come in, there's yeah. loving people, you, people smiling, having fun. And it can seem like like there's fruit there. But but the unregenerate heart will not endure and, and I during think trials. That's part of my testimony. And, and that's something I, I could um, testify to is that I was going to church a year before um, going to where I'm at now. And, and during that time, I had said I was a Christian. I attended services. And then when I started going to the church we, where we are currently at now, Streetlight Church, where um, I would I was still, you know, continuing attending services and, and everything. I, I said I was Christian. I was baptized for a full year until I, I truly believe that that's where I really um, grabbed a hold of the gospel. And God really just did the work in my heart to where I could say I, I was really genuinely born again from from after, you know, a total of two years attending church, you know, from two different uh, churches to where, you know, I, I could really say that, you know what, before that hand, before before that time, during the during the during that, I wasn't a true believer until the work that Christ did in my heart during that time. When I was going through a a, a a difficult situation. And before before we get into Hebrews 6 right here, <clears throat> I would just like to say that this is an error and this is a fallacy that I do see amongst a lot of uh, Hispanic or Chicano or multi-ethnic churches or urban churches. That we do see someone that comes in and, you know, they start attending services and they some, attend some of the events. And then from the outside, we declare them all. They're they're coming constantly that means that they must be saved and that assumption is very dangerous because when 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 the trials of life hit them and then they leave that's when they say they lost their salvation because they saw you in church they saw you with your bible in your hand they saw you attending events they saw you with a smile on your face but they didn't really know you like that so when the real trials of life came and then it's made manifest that you you know you started doing drugs or you started going into alcohol you started you know sleeping around people would say oh that brother lost his salvation he forfeited he didn't endure and that's a mistake I think that needs to be corrected. And that is why we're doing these episodes because it happens all too often. And we just need to, you know, lay it down and be honest and be real that, you know what? It could be very possible and more than likely it's because God never began to work in their heart in the first place. 
So, so we can't declare people saved. We cannot. Because who is the judge? It's God. And he's yeah. the one that declares a person justified. He's yep. the one that can only do it. So we make the mistake of declaring somebody saved. Mm-hmm. So Because uh, they dress themselves up at this church. Yeah, yeah and I, I like what, 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 what some pastors say, too. We don't do enchantments. <laughs> In other words, it's not about saying a prayer and then we declare you saved and then, all right, next person. No, these are souls that we're dealing with, and the Holy Spirit confirms in you yeah. if you're saved or not. We we just do our part of what God calls us to do, which is preach the gospel, mm-hmm. evangelize, and the Holy Spirit will draw them in. So if you did get saved, it wasn't through the prayer. It was the Holy Spirit that drew you in. Yeah, mm-hmm. the guarantee. Yes. And, and I think that's why it's important, too, that we look back to the words of Christ before he ascended back. Um, how it says... To make disciples, I think we um, watered down that word to um, to a sinner's prayer or something. Well, well, yeah, that. But then also too, we watered down to just bringing people to church. Mm. We forget discipleship is the process. Mm, mm, yes, mm. and so that's why I feel like people turn so turn away so quickly is because no one is really getting discipled. Because mm. discipleship, I mean, if you look at it in terms of um, Back when the the Bible was being written by these authors, they understood that discipleship that they were under a teacher. Mm-hmm. They would constantly be with this teacher. Just how the, I mean, the disciples with Jesus, they were always with Jesus. He taught them. He ate with them. He, they all did life together. Mm-hmm. Right? Are we doing that with other brothers and sisters? Are we being our brother's keeper? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are we discipling or are we just you know inviting them to church? making sure they come to church. But the the real, I, you know, church is awesome. And, and you know, we, we say that in, in our past episodes too, but the real work is at home. Yeah. Outside of the church building, are we doing the, the job of discipleship? Mm-hmm. And we were, we were mentioning the parable of the seeds. <clears throat> Just reminds me of, of Paul and Apollos, how, how they, some planted, others water. We, we forget the watering part, yeah. <laughs> which is disciple part. The watering of the seed, and then God will make the increase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just reminded me right now uh, as you were no, saying yeah. that. So let's get to the scripture. You want to go ahead and read it, Martin? Okay. So it's important also to read, um, I think, all the way up to the first eight verses because we stop at a certain point when we read this text yeah. and we don't keep going. So Hebrews 6 from the English Sanctified Version, the wow. ESV. <laughs> The authorized ESV. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and the faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits, for it is impossible in the case of those who have been once enlightened, been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good, the goodness of the words of God or the word of and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance <clears throat> since they crucify, they are crucifying once again the son of God to their own harm and holding him up in contempt. Now, usually that's where we stop. Yeah. But if you continue, it's in, it's going to give you actually the answer for for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But it 
If it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Now, there's a lot to unpack right there, but the gist of this right here is uh, uh, the beginning is not telling us to abandon the gospel or just, you know, no, anything like that. It's so saying to, to mature, to mature in the gospel. Yeah. Okay, and so when it comes to for it is impossible, in the, in the case that those who have once been enlightened, that's a key word, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have uh, shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted, tasted the goodness of the word and the powers of the age to come, and then fallen away to restore them again to repentance, they are crucifying again the Son of God. So listen, l- look at the, the words, key words, enlightened and tasted now. Jesus, when he was, you know, doing his earthly ministry, he healed many, many people. Did he heal them unto salvation? Does that mean that healing automatically uh, presumes salvation? Nah, we don't see that that's the case in the, in the New Testament. Because there's, there's situations where only a couple gave glory to God. Yeah. Not everyone did. People <clears throat> just went, they came, they got healed, and they left. It doesn't say that they got saved. So that would be uh, tasted. They have tasted of the, they have become partakers of the work of the Holy Spirit. There's people that can get healed. We can pray for people and God heals them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they got saved. I think we make that mistake too. And I, and I think that also shows too that even the miraculous, the mm-hmm. healings don't draw people to God. No, it doesn't. If anything, it shows that how much more people just leave the things of God. They're mm-hmm. only in it for the outcome. For the benefits. Mm. So those who have been enlightened, they have they have known something of God. They have a certain knowledge of God. They 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 know God even even to the point where, you know, someone can be, you know, healed from cancer, you know, through prayers and stuff like that. They have tasted the goodness of God. They have tasted the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but it does not mean that they got saved. So those people um, when they uh, uh, when they leave or when it seems that they abandon God, it is impossible for those people to restore them again because uh, they've tasted to a certain point, but now they have abandoned God and they says that they're crucifying again the Son of God. So that's that that's something not to mess around with when when you come and you taste and see the goodness of God, but then you turn your back and then go to the world, your heart actually becomes hardened. And through that, you know, it's impossible for you to come back again because you just want to receive the benefits. You're not God hasn't really worked, uh, done a work in your heart to the point of you falling on your knees and confessing Christ and and calling out to him. That hasn't happened. The heart hasn't been restored. The heart hasn't been regenerated. You haven't been justified. You haven't been adopted. You haven't been sanctified. These things haven't happened in your life. So when they, when it seems that they have fallen away, uh, it's impossible for them to come back. I, I think though, in that in that portion, it's saying because it says for it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of the God of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the son of God in their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Um, I think we overpassed the beginning part that 
in, the, in in just the beginning portion that it is impossible that f- for people who have tasted of this and have shared in the Holy Spirit, that for one, it's impossible for them to fall away. Because what what do we talk about in the previous episodes? Because mm-hmm. then we're saying that they their will is 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 greater than the will of the Holy Spirit in their life. Mm-hmm. We're saying that you know th- by their own will they were able to evade the Holy Spirit sanctifying them or keeping them. Because then that, that will go against what? Perseverance. Mm-hmm. The keeping that God does. Um, but even in that case, it says, you know, it's going to the extreme, you know, just as Paul does in, in other letters where he takes it to the extreme. Even if they did fall away, it would be impossible for them to return. But see, that would be the case if they even fell away to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then even going back to when, when it's talking about the elementary doctrine of Christ, um, and, and just a couple verses before it's going on about the difference between milk and solid food for, for, for us who are in Christ to mature. Um, and I think when we have this mindset of losing salvation, we are at that level of immaturity at the elementary doctrine. Because then it, it says right here in the beginning of, of verse one, it says, therefore, leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance because when we when we have this this uh when we're in that mind that we could lose our salvation what what happens we burden ourselves with repenting again trying to gain our mm, salvation again mm. and so here you know the author is is saying you know leave that grow from that already mm, like what are you a mm, child like mm. get rid of i mean move past this elementary doctrine you can't like basically saying like you can't lose your salvation it goes on to say it's impossible Mm -hmm. for you to even to even leave it like grow from it a lot of people take that like yeah it's impossible if you leave to come back yeah no but but (laughs) even more so like 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 he's basically saying like come on like 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 get get up because because i mean i think we talked about that in 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 um theology matters and in uh, justification because what do we say we say that once we understand that we are justified we could grow freely mm-hmm. right and this is in, in a very simple nutshell he's saying to to mature from that that mindset of losing salvation so that you could grow and mature mm-hmm. once we get out of that mindset man we could mature and, and just move forward Take mm-hmm. on meat, man. This meat tastes good. <laughs> hey, you know, I need some steak, okay? Serio. No, but even in the last portion of verse uh, seven and eight, yeah, it makes an example and reminds me of the parable of this, uh, the sower and the seed. How we were talking about how it makes an example that the word fell on thorny bushes, it fell on you know hard ground, mm-hmm. and it didn't bear fruit. That that's what it's talking about right there. It says, mm-hmm. but if it, uh, it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. That's who it's talking about. It's talking about those who didn't receive the word fully. The word that fell on these people got caught up in the in the worries of life. It didn't even go into their heart and, and even started planting <clears throat> any fruit or bearing any fruit. It's those people. It's those people that the word didn't affect them so so much to come again to 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 repent and be justified. They didn't experience salvation. The word didn't go into the heart. It got, it got chopped off. It, it, it didn't make it, so they did not get saved in the first place. That's what it's talking about right there. These aren't, these are unsaved people. These are people that, that how Matthew seven would say, "I never knew you, Jesus." You know, uh, mm-hmm. but we were, you know, didn't we prophesy in your name? Did, cast did, out did demons. Cast out demons in your name, and he will say unto them, 
Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. Dang. That's who these people was talking about. Those who played the part in church. Those who came to church, they were there every Sunday. Or, you know, they were involved, but they they never had a heart transformation. I think that's where the fear comes in, mm-hmm. where we don't deceive ourselves. And so that's why we need to continually read the word. And, and even in uh, first in, in first John, it goes on to begin to address the, the difference between illegitimate children mm-hmm. and children. We need to evaluate ourselves, our own walk, you know, quit worrying about the other person's walk, quit worrying about their salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent, obviously we're going to care enough to be our brother's keeper, to, to make sure they're, you know, they're, they're in line. They're, they're continuing in the faith and enduring. We edify each other, right? Mm-hmm. But more more so Quit trying to be the judge And say this person saved This person isn't saved Oh this person saved This one isn't No More so Evaluate yourself continually That you that you are in the faith So that when we walk And, 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 and endure in this faith That we are do That we do so That, that we what, what does it say to, to work out your salvation With fear and trembling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To not get too comfortable to, mm-hmm. to make ourselves and mm-hmm. deceive ourselves into believing that we are. So instead of the question, can I lose my salvation? I think the question would be, have I been born again? Have I been, have I been justified? Have, it, have I been adopted into the family of God? Have I uh, been sanctified? Had, has God so circumcised my heart? Mm-hmm. I think those are the questions to ask. Yeah. So, uh, so what are what are some other texts that that people point to? Um, I know in Revelation how it goes on to say um, about God blotting out the name from the Lamb's book of life. So people I, take that and and uh, they twist it up. And this is another error, another fallacy that I see uh, in the church. <coughs> so in Revelation three five, that's mm-hmm. where it's at. Revelation 3 5 it says the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life I will confess his name before my father and before his angels now for you to read that and say look you see it's you possible <laughs> it's <laughs> you possible missed, <laughs> you missed it bros <laughs> like come on there's such glory in that text the one who conquers hmm where does, does that sound familiar? We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. What? Yeah, he conquered the cross. He conquered our sin. He conquered the debt that we had to pay. Well, we are conquerors because of him. So the one who conquers, the believer will conquer. He will be clothed us in white garments. So what does it? What does it, white garments represent? It means holiness. Mm-hmm. Where I think we went through that already, you know. And I will never, never blot his name out of the book of life. God doesn't write your name with an eraser. Yeah, it, it's not um, a scripture for us to read and and start to um, kind of assume the opposite. Yeah, not not yeah. for us to assume that. Oh, it's possible I could yeah. get my name blotted. No, it's to affirm us <laughs> yeah. and assure us of our faith. That there, we can't be blotted out yeah. of the book of life. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, check that out because we're talking about that scripture mentions to he who overcomes, and we mentioned mm-hmm. that we are more than conquerors in Christ. Mm-hmm. Even that whole chapter, Romans chapter eight. Like I said, I love I love Romans chapter eight. That's like my, one of my favorite ones. But even Romans chapter eight, verse one says that there is now no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ. In other words, you've been declared. Uh, justified, he can't be de- declared condemned. Mm-hmm. And what there does it go. Go, go on to say? Say after that, it talks about adoption afterwards. 
You know, mm-hmm. we've been given the spirit of adoption, of adoption, cry out, Abba, Father. And then it says, "Who's who is um, uh, who can be against me if God is for me?" <laughs> it says, "What shall we say to this?" He even says, even gives you the plan right there. Those whom he called, he predestined, he justified, he glorified. Those are the decrees of God right there. It, whatever God, God says, it's gonna happen. It's it it's Romans chapter happen. eight. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Paul says. Who, uh, who's gonna condemn the elect? Who, who nothing's gonna separate me from the love of God. Again, it's, that's not saying our love for Him, but more so His love for us. That He keeps us, He holds us, and He who overcomes because you've already been justified yeah. and you can conquer because Christ has conquered already. And so, uh, when He says He who He who overcomes, it's it, God already laid out the plan already. Yeah. And so it. We just got to have that assurance of salvation. And, and I think when we're able to answer this question, we're able to really just um, be edified by it. Yeah. When we answer it correctly, no, we cannot lose our salvation. If we are abiding in Christ, if we abide in Christ, we won't lose our salvation. Now, now let us take a look. Let, let us let us say, OK, we what would happen then if we are able to lose our salvation? What then are we saying about God? That he is a liar. That what he's he's not powerful. He's not almighty enough to be able to hold us in his hands. We're basically saying that God isn't God. We're yeah. saying that God is unfaithful. And not only uh, not only that, but we're saying that our sin. Because what, what, what would be the, the reason why someone can lose their salvation is that they go and commit sin. They forsake God and then go on to a sinful lifestyle. So, I mean... It's not impossible for a regenerated, born-again Christian to commit some hard sins. David, name any of the Old Testament characters, and you're going to see their sin. David, even back to the beginning, Abraham, he slept with another woman. He committed adultery and had a kid. Noah got drunk on grapes and it was seduced to, by his daughters. No, that, that was that wasn't no. Oh, yeah, it was no. One of the. Lot yeah, it was Lot when, too. Lot when he came two. out of the ark. Oh yeah, no 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 no! Sorry sorry sorry. Lot, yeah no no that was Lot. Lot I'm Lot. sorry. Noah got, had a, he he had a he had a party in his own tent and decided to you know just yeah, get yeah. naked and just party <laughs> naked in there. Keep in mind you that's know? after the ark. Yeah, yeah. After, after after the ark. And remember, he was yeah. already. Um, he was, he was already, a righteous man. Yeah, he, he was, was a righteous, righteous man. man. And fast forward, Samson, Moses, Moses disobeyed God. He did. He struck the, the rock twice. Not only that, he didn't even make it to the promised land because of his sin. Yeah, even when you go back to mm. Samson too, his his whole life was, was, play, was playing with fire. I don't even see no fruit in Samson's life, honestly. <laughs> honestly Serious. What, what good thing did he really do except <clears throat> at the end? You know what I mean? But, you know, all the characters of the Old Testament, dude, David committed a horrendous sin, dude. But yet he was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Keep going. You got more stories? Man, Hebrews chapter 11. Go read that. All of them. All of them. 
all of them committed horrendous sins. And all yet, of them. the Bible says that these were men of faith. <laughs> they were the were cloud men. of witnesses. These were the cloud of witnesses, and all of them sinned in their lives after they seen the miracles of God constantly in their lives. You are not greater than them. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the real. And that Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. It's like yeah. the, the, the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith. Look these at these guys, trophies. Yeah. <laughs> Sinners. So now look. <laughs> look at now look at look now look at your sin. Do you think your sin is greater than the cross? And Paul says it where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Now to the regenerated person, mm-hmm. he's gonna look at that and have assurance in his salvation. He's not gonna be like, all right, that's cool, man. And, you know, let's go party. Nah. A regenerated heart would take assurance in that, like being uh, knowledgeable about his sin and be like, Lord, I am a sinful person. And he finds comfort where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, now here's the thing. If you have that mind that I can lose my salvation, you're going to be burdened every single day. Oh, yeah. Because uh, this logic that I can't lose my salvation, that means I have to be perfect Mm 24-7. Dang. I need to be but, repenting all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, John MacArthur says it like this. If you can't lose your salvation, you would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, phew. The second, and, the second oh, you man. think you're saved, you're already. <laughs> now, 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 I appreciate those that, 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 that like, like are saying, no, no, you can't. I appreciate the heart that, no, I got to be holy. I got to be sanctified. I got to mm-hmm. continue. But you're burdening yourself. Mm-hmm. Because every, you have to watch out for every single move, every single thought. Like, no, I lost my salvation. No, I'm back in. You're going back and forth constantly. You're doing a hokey pokey. Hokey pokey, <laughs> hokey right there. Those who are saved are not going to use God's grace in vain. They're not going to yeah. use this as a license to sin. But First John says it. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Mm. Our mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. Is, is to confess, renounce, repent. The righteous man those seven times falls, seven times he gets back up and he keeps moving forward. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it, it, uh, I heard preachers say this, sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back, but there's one step that went forward. So, mm. so you're going to be, con- it's a continual it's mm-hmm. continually yet yeah, are we gonna fall short oh, oh yeah we are but it's in those moments where where um even the holy spirit convicts to the point where the conviction leads to repentance and it leads you to your knees and it leads you back to to christ and and, and so I, i'm just man the person who thinks he can lose his salvation man you're burdening yourself constantly yeah and let's not get it twisted we're not talking about once saved always saved no yeah i i do not like that slogan that is a misconception that is a misunderstanding of what perseverance perseverance or like our how rc sproul likes to put it preservation of the saints God will preserve his people. And so we don't think because once saved, always saved says that you can be saved and then go back to sinning and still keep your salvation. You can die. Just get saved once and then live a sinful lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then die saved. That's not what we believe. Nope. The regenerated heart is his heart is bent towards God. how, How we've been saying he's been justified. He's been adopted. He's been sanctified and his heart is leaned towards God and he desires and he finds joy and pleasure in Jesus Christ. So he seek, he seeks to, to to obey him and keep maturing and growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So so but let me let me go to uh, John chapter six, because I think John, these yeah. these chapters in, in the book of John, it just really just 
hit it home and i want you to to realize or recognize the language that jesus himself how he speaks he gives you affirming words these are absolute statements and now after reading this you tell me whether jesus is saying the truth or not okay in john 6 starting in verse 20 35 it says jesus said to them i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never never thirst but i said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe all that the father gives gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never cast out never cast out for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me now right here Listen to this. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing <coughs> of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Now, real quick, I want to continue reading this, but real quick, it says that the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing, nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. The, the father has given the son a group, an elect group of people from every tongue from every any every race from every part of the world to be saved in jesus christ and he says that whoever comes to me i will never cast out the, this group of people he will lose none of them what the father has given the son he will lose none so if he loses one he is a liar that's why i said earlier if jesus loses one of his sheep then he is a liar because this text says that all that the father has given me, I will not lose, not even one. So now you tell me if someone can lose their salvation. But he says all that the father has given me, I will raise it up on the last day. Meaning he will complete the work. He They will be raised on the last day. He will lose none and they will be raised. Okay. Now to continue in the first verse says, for this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life not temporary life eternal life and i will raise him up on the last day there you go again i will raise him up on the last day now let's uh, go down to verse 44 it says no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day there you go that's the third time he's saying it now in verse uh, 47 it says truly truly i say to you whoever believes has eternal life he has eternal life not temporal life and then you go down to verse 50 it says so that one may eat of it and not die he says i am the bread of life your fathers ate from the manna in the wilderness and they died this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die i am the living bread that came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever he will live forever and the bread that i will give for the life of the world is my flesh so when we're talking about being partakers of of the flesh of the body of christ we will live forever that's why that's why we do communion we remember the lord's death until he comes back we are in communion with him we are in covenant with with him so even he's going to continue to speak like this. Verse 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. 
that's the fourth time that he's saying that he will raise them up on the last day. Mm. Like, get the point. Vampires. <laughs> Verse 57, as the, li- as the living father sent me, and I, and I live because of the father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, and not like the bread of the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. I mean, he mentioned so many times, just in those um, portions alone, that whoever partakes of him, whoever comes to him, they will remain. They will live forever. They will have eternal life. They have eternal life. Just from these texts right here, I mean, I find comfort in that, knowing that God has given me eternal life. And because he has given me eternal life, I will seek to do the Father's will and not my own will. Because the, the prayer of, of, the, of the Christian, the true believer, is not my will be done, but yours be done. And even going back to uh, Romans 8, where it says that there is no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as we understand that we have been justified, how then are we to be condemned again? Mm-hmm. We had, I mean... We could, we could go back to the gospel. We did nothing to gain this salvation that we have, right? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Not by any, not by our works that we may boast, but that we may boast in the Lord because it was all his working. So now, so now then if we have this mindset that we could lose our salvation, then we are saying that our work can undo the work of Christ. Mm, 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 he mm. said it was finished and it was done, right? There is no plan B. There is no, but if you undid, if you undid this, then there's a plan B for you to get back in into salvation. No, we can't undo the finished work of Christ. And so that's why it comes back to that, that circle thought again. Well, mm-hmm. if they have left the faith, they, it just made manifest that they were never of the faith. Yep. Does it mean we we cast them out and, and say they can't come back? No, we bring them back. Treat them as an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Bring them back. Share the gospel with them again. Because obviously they're they're still here for, you know, whatever. We're able to still continue to preach the gospel to them nonetheless. And those who do stray, even Jesus said it like this, that he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Not recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're clapping. Oh, wrong one. Oh, okay. Not recklessly. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. wrong button. It says that he lays down his life for the sheep. Yeah, amen. What shepherd does that? <laughs> dude, the, I mean, there's so many scriptures, dude, that, yeah. that are more in favor that you can't lose your salvation. That's why I said, man, when I was trying to play the part of the person with the with that type of perspective, I couldn't find any scripture to back me up. John 10, dude, John 10. My sheep, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish, never perish. The one, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand out of the father's hand i and the father are one comfort take comfort in that christian knowing that you cannot be snatched out of the father's hand well i can take myself out of the father's hand no you can't 
No, you cannot. And it says, um, my father is greater than all. He is greater than your sin. He is greater than your trial. He is greater than anything you're going to face in your Christian life. That gives us assurance that we can endure. And I think another company of scripture is to remind ourselves is that the father will never forsake us, Amen. nor will he leave us. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's the comfort my son has with me as mm-hmm. his father, that even though he may do things that upset me as a father, I am not going to cast them out. Or at least I shouldn't. I mean, I can't speak for, you know, some parents out there, you know, unfortunately there are the very few that do that. But nonetheless, I, as, as, as a parent, knowing Christ, knowing the love that he has for us, I, with, with no clear conscience, am, am I able to cast out my own son? Nor can I even just fathom or even imagine that my heavenly father would do that with me. Mm-hmm. When he has promised that through the word, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't cast us out, though we slip and fall. So if you're listening to this and, and maybe you're on the fence, maybe you just don't quite understand. Or maybe you're just like, man, you don't know what I've done. I've gone too far. I used to go to church. I've done such and such. I don't know. It's hard to come back. No. Even just the fact that we that, that you are able to even have those type of thoughts because the unregenerate heart wouldn't have that type of thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they wouldn't be too concerned about that stuff. They go live their life, be drunk, be merry, you know, live for today, that type of mentality. But man, if it, just the fact that you have that type of thought, there's something still working in you. Surround yourself with the body of Christ. Amen. Philippians 1.6 says it like this. I'm sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. So, so it, it's a, it's a process, but he says if he began a good work and he will bring it to completion. So the question is, has God started a, a good work in you? Mm-hmm. Ha- has your heart been regenerated? Has 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 there sparked something in you? Because just referring off to to what Justin said, I mean, he's not done with you. If he he started a good work, he will bring it to completion. Amen. And so if you're hearing this and yeah, you're probably like, man, come back to the things of God. God's not God's not done. He, you can't do anything. Man, God's not done with you. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, yeah. Surround yourself with people who, who, who are in the faith, who will encourage you and lead you down the right way. Not just tell you what you want to hear, because Proverbs tells us that, that that's an enemy right there. But the one um but, but a friend is someone who's going to tell you straight out these things and keep you accountable. And so uh, just, uh, man, just know that God's not done. Yeah. Man, there's so many more things, dude, that, that we can say and talk about. But I want to finish off with this right here. Let's look at Judas. And let's look at Peter real quick. Now, before we, uh, not before, let's, let's just, just do this. So Judas was an apostle. The Apostle Judas. We don't say that much, but he was. was he was an yeah. apostle. He rolled with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry when he called the apostles all the way to the end. He was rolling with him to the day of the Last Supper. Now, he was someone who we would put today. He was in the church. He was a leader in the church. He, he uh, partook of the events and was someone that was active in ministry. Now, Peter was also... So 
So there, these are two guys who are both active leaders in the ministry of Jesus. Now, when it all came down to that one night at the Last Supper, he gives, he tells Judas and Peter, these two dudes that have been walking with them, two things. He says, one of you will betray me. And tells Peter, you will deny me. Both horrendous sins. Both of them. To betray, betray Jesus and to deny him are both horrendous sins. Yeah, because we know that mm -hmm. he who denies me. You know, I will also deny him before my father. Mm -hmm. And so notice, he told Judas, go do what you got to do. And then Satan entered him. And he went and went, go and, and betray Jesus. Now he told Peter something very profound. He said, Peter, Satan has asked for you. But I have prayed for you that your faith will last in those times. So when you come back, restore your brothers. Okay? He says, he says that to Peter. He says, you're going to deny me, but don't trip. I have prayed for you. He didn't tell that to Judas. He said, Judas, you're going to betray me, but don't trip. I prayed for you. No. He says, he handed him off. He says, you belong to the evil one. Now, this is someone who was walking with Jesus. Now, we're not, we, we can't make the argument that, you know what, Judas, he walked with them. He was saved. Nah. Because you can see those little, you know, portions of when Judas speaks and be like, hey, this, this vato's up to something. You know? You can tell it's sneaky ways from the beginning. You know what I mean? And you know what's even a trip too? The other 11 disciples didn't even notice. Yeah. So they the, were the other all members, exactly. The other members in the church, they looked at Judas and be like, hey man, this is a faithful brother. But from the outside perspective, like this vato, he's, he's, he's tripping out on something. You know? And so Peter, the, two, the difference between Peter... And, and Judas's uh, uh, repentance. Judas made the confession when he felt convicted of what he has done. He says, I have betrayed a good man. Peter, on the other hand, he says, I have denied my Lord. Two very different confessions right there. To, to Judas, uh, Jesus was just a good person. He was a good man. He was a good teacher. He you was know? never God. He was never God in the flesh. To him. To him. Yeah, to him. Emphasize that. And to Peter, him. <laughs> he, 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 he even made that, 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 that confession to Jesus. You know, he says, who, who do the people say that I am? Um, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Messiah. So, but who do you say I am? You are the son of the living God. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Then after that, he rebukes him. You know, he says, get behind me, Satan. After, <laughs> when he, you know, after that. But it's not unto his condemnation. Yeah. He just rebuked him because he needed to be put on check. So um, Peter's repentance was a genuine repentance that he has denied his Lord. It crushed him to know that he walked with the Lord. He loved the Lord. And when he sinned against him, he was broken. He was shattered within himself. He said, I can't believe that I did this. Judas, on the other hand, he felt like he just felt bad. He didn't feel convicted until repentance. Like, I betrayed my Lord. Like, nah, man, I did him dirty, dude. That's kind of messed up. And he couldn't bear the weight of his conviction and he hung himself. He didn't 
believe unto repentance. Yeah, it wasn't a genuine repentance. So there are two very different kinds of uh, feeling bad kind of repentance. Oh, I felt bad, you know, because, you know, I did this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you're crushed under the weight of your sin. And you, the only way to go is to run to Jesus. And so that whole thing goes down. And then notice that in the book of Luke, the angel sitting on the on the on the on the tomb of Jesus and is empty, and he tells uh, Mary and the other uh, disciples, um, "Hey, go and tell the disciples to meet him, you know, in Galilee, and tell Peter also." So he didn't forget. Hey, don't trip. We got Peter too. Go and tell Peter to meet us there too, because the plan for Peter was for him to always endure to the end. And and Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, says that Jesus is our high priest. Mm-hmm. He is actively interceding for us. He is praying for us. You know, that, 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 that's kind of like a mind blower to know that Jesus is actually praying for us. And I, I think one thing <laughs> to mention, to th- there's a purpose why that was mentioned that he is our high priest what do high priests do they're intercessors they're right so once a year at at the Mm -hmm. temple in jerusalem the 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 nation of israel they will flock to the temple right where they'll go and give their burnt offerings their sacrifices to atone for sins Mm -hmm. and the one to do that was the high priest and And so it's it's very important that we understand that that our that he is our high priest that he is the one that has made the atonement. That he made the, the, the ultimate sacrifice. The one for all sacrifice. More than that, he is continually interceding for us. That even though we have come to the 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 um, our faith, even though we, we have this salvation, that even though we may slip, we may trip up, our sins have been covered already. He continually intercedes for us as a high priest and so i think that's that's another um just just something to, for for us to be assured of that 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 yeah things happen in our lives but let us continue with endurance there is basically nothing that can hinder us now right when we understand mm-hmm. that one we cannot lose our salvation all right cool that's a load off my shoulders two though though i may trip up and and, and fall and sin that i could still continue and then another one that that his grace is sufficient for me as we mature and, and move past milk to meat man let us mature and grow let's continue this race let us endure and i think that that's all the more just edifying for us as we continue to read the scriptures saying truly truly ephesians chapter one yeah. blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places mm. man <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, yeah, man. So Jesus, I mean, he's our mediator. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his work. The, the common denominator. That <laughs> <laughs> what, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> the common denominator between justification by faith, adoption, sanctification. Uh, it is That it is all a work of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. It is all a work that he does in our hearts. He makes us born again. He declares us just. He adopts us into his family and he prunes us and he sanctifies us. It's all work of him. 
So now that you have listened to this episode, you tell us, can you lose your salvation? Can I lose my salvation? Can the little dog to your left lose? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is, this is on the real. This yeah. is on the real. If you disagree with this, please hit us up. Send us an email, reformedrasa.gmail.com, and state your case. You know what I mean? Um, this, this is not something that we can uh, mm-hmm. get wrong, actually. We got to be correct because uh, you cannot mess with someone who is assured in their faith. Yeah. Someone who stands firm in their faith, they're, they're, there's power in that. There, there's assurance in someone's faith that they're not going to be able to move one bit. So there's actual power in being assured of your salvation. Because you know who your God is, and you know what He has done for you. So if you think that we're wrong, if you think you know you can lose your salvation, hit us up reformrasa@gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and chop it up with you. And uh, yeah, man. Any last us. comments? Um, just uh, just what Paul, Paul and John, what they say in the epistles: just test yourselves to see if you're in the faith or not. Yeah. Be assured of, of your of your salvation. Um, this is the most important thing just like Martin said it's the most important thing that you can ask am I truly saved am I a true believer in Jesus Christ so you want to examine yourself and to test yourself to see whether you're in this or not because this this is this is this is the big question this is the question in your life yeah and uh, yeah before we wrap it up man we want to give a shout out to Another podcast that shouted us out on their podcast, uh, Raza Reforma. Shout out to what? those brothers. <laughs> it's like that um, the meme of the Spider-Man. <laughs> the two cartoon yeah, Spider-Man, how they look at each other and yeah. they point at each other. <laughs> so there's another podcast out there called Raza Reforma. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to those brothers, man. I listened to their episode about the lyrics uh, in worship music. It doesn't music. matter. And it's, it's dope. It was there was a dope episode. I give props to those brothers out there. Um, and it's funny because we've actually been talking about that in our own uh, little circle. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, they they bring up a lot of good. Yeah, points they're, on they're that. solid. They're, they're they're dope. Go check them out. Raza Reforma. Uh, I'm encouraged, bro, to see all these Latino podcasts out there for Crisis Cultura, Raza Reforma, uh, Sola Cast, The Confessional Taco. All these, you know, there's there's, there's like an uprising of Latino podcasts that are now, zealous for the yeah. for the for the sound biblical truths of the gospel. If you yeah. are a woman, if you are a Latina. I encourage you to go ahead and start doing a podcast if that's yeah, something you've been yo, going back and forth serio. on. I think that's like one of the things that is missing right now in 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 the culture yeah, as far yeah. as right now with podcasting. Yeah, there's there's brothers. I mean, there's there's Hispanic oh, brothers yeah. coming up doing their podcast, sound teaching all over the place. Right, but we need some Latinas to come in and step up the, the game. You know what I mean? If, if if man, you know what we started when we started this podcast, it was Martin with an idea, and it was just us brothers who wanted to come alongside this idea because we all saw the need yeah and uh, really we started with just like this 35 dollar package from amazon the most basic yeah. thing you could get <laughs> we still use microphone. it we still use yeah, the we same microphones we still oh actually we ended up getting new cables because those cables weren't that well yeah. um, good but uh i mean we we use that and then just recently we had to get a new mixer but i mean if you have a laptop or a computer you and it's just you and one other person you could just plug it right into your computer um if you have uh what's it called Bandcamp. What's in the garage band? Oh, garage band. Yeah. Man, how do I forget? I'm the one that yeah. does the editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called garage band, but if not, there's other free um, things that you could download from the interweb net to go ahead and edit podcasts. But I mean, it's it's pretty simple. But I mean, if, if again, if, if you're a Latina, 
and you've been debating, just start. Just I mean, it really, it, it. all it is, mm-hmm. all it takes is just doing that first episode, mm-hmm. and then after that, just continue. Have a have a have a goal. Who's your audience? Who do you want to reach? And what is it you're trying you're trying to accomplish with the podcast? Mm-hmm. And then from there, man, just go start it. <laughs> there you go, there you go, man. Shout out to Hood Grace. Shout out to Hard on the Mic. Shout out to Alex the Rebel. Shout out to King Cyrus. Shout out to all these you know uh, podcasts that are are Latino or urban. You know, it's time for us to come up. You know what I mean? It's time for yeah. us to step it up. There's and a rising represent. coming up. There's, There's a rising. The Amen. force has been awakened. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up, refundrasa at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And man, we're going to keep rolling until the hoop caps fall off. You know, yeah, man. Until that little hoopty breaks down. Or until the money bears, <laughs> the, the money empties <laughs> and, out. <laughs> until the hoopty breaks down. And then even there, we're still going to push it. You know what I mean? So. So, gracias for tuning in. This is Reform Raza. We are checking out. Peace. Abrato, vatos. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>